Good morning. Joining me now is Scott Kadelka, and he's going to be talking about exploring Minnesota's state parks. He's a DNR naturalist here in the area, and he's doing a virtual tour of Minnesota state parks that you all can go on. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Karen. Now, normally you're a guy that likes to be outside and doing things, but with COVID pandemic, you've been doing a lot of things, I assume, online, including upcoming Exploring Minnesota State Parks. Yeah, um, it has been a odd year, and um, we've had to pivot pretty quickly. Um, but I've actually found uh, doing the online stuff um, actually works really well. And what we've discovered by this is that people that might not be able to physically uh, join us for our programs are able to do it online. And then the other thing that's been really cool is we've been getting people from all over the country. I just did a winter solstice program, and somebody from Hawaii joined us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you got to look at the positives. That's pretty also. exciting. Well, now this one you're yeah. doing coming up is for Tuesday, January 12th, and it's a 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. online via Zoom, and it's for the Living Earth Center here in Mankato. And so people need to register for it. Is that correct? Yep, yep, and they can just type in uh, Living Earth Center. They'll get the website. There will be a thing with programs, and uh, it's pretty easy to sign up. In fact, when we, when I did my winter solstice program, it was actually for them, the Living Earth Center, and we had, I think, uh, over 85 people oh. that had joined us for that program. And that's probably more than you would normally get if they had to show up in person, I yeah. assume. Exactly, yep. Well, let's. This is going to be a virtual exploration of Minnesota state parks, and the cool thing is, a lot of us will never have a chance to visit all of the state parks. So maybe this is a way we can have a chance to visit some of them. How many are there, and what sorts of things can we expect? Yeah, there are seventy-four uh, state parks and recreational areas, and on this program, I'm actually focusing on our southern area. Um, so we divide our parks into four regions. And uh, so I'm covering everything in our southern region, so that would include everything from Miniopa to Blue Mounds to Sibley, uh, Big Stone. And then I'm throwing in a few of the ones that um, uh, I, I guess you call iconic or uh, different. And this one is actually, the way I've set this program up, it's actually like a trivia uh, contest. And so what I do is I throw out a question and then uh, have people see if they can guess one of the state parks that I'm talking about. Now, we're around this area, generally people are familiar with Miniopa, with the bison and the falls and that sort of thing. Some of the others, though, I don't believe I visited. Would you talk a little bit about some of the other close-by ones, perhaps, that people haven't visited yet? Yeah, um, I would always say, like, Flandreau. Um, of course, Flandreau gets really busy in the summer uh, because of the swimming pond. Uh, but winter is a great time to go over there. Uh, they have uh, groomed ski trails, uh, areas to go snowshoeing, uh, just kind of a, a really fun park uh, to visit. And they actually haven't seen uh, the numbers, visitation numbers like we've seen here at Miniopa. So it's been a little bit quieter place. And then uh, just farther uh, west to that, about another 20 minutes, is Fort Ridgely State Park. And that's another one that's been discovered that we've seen increased visitation, but again, uh, a cool place, especially now, to go snowshoeing. Um, you can snowshoe in prairie areas, forested areas, down along the creek. 
uh, just really kind of a fun uh, park to uh, explore if you've never been there. And then if you go off to the east, we have Cicada Lake State Park. Uh, they have a number of camper cabins, uh, and then, of course, Cicada Lake, and then access to the uh, Cicada Singing Hills Bike Trail. So those are three that are just kind of fun. Um, if you want to go down south, um, there's a number of them there, like Kylan Woods, which I think is like our least visited state park or close to that. Where is that and by? Again, just a, um, Kylan Woods is going down towards Wyndham area. Okay. I've never heard so, of that, so yep. that's new to me. Yep. And so that's another one that I'll be actually talking about in this presentation. And again, um, I think they do, haven't seen increased visitation. It's along the Des Moines River. Um, but again, just another fun place if you've never explored. Not that far of a drive uh, from here. Well, what are some of the highlights then you'll concentrate on? You mentioned snowshoeing. You mentioned cross-country skiing. Are the trails open for other things, snowmobiling, things like that, or is that out? Well, for snowmobiling, um, we do have snowmobile trails. Most of them are not found in state parks, okay. or if they are found in state parks, it's just a limited most parks are like Miniopa, where its uses like uh, snowshoeing or if you want to go cross-country skiing, uh, those kind of things. And then, you know, I guess if you want, you know, try winter camping or just, you know, really a good place to just go and walk. And, you know, the snow right now isn't too deep. Uh, of course, you won't have to worry about bugs. <laughs> That's always a plus. Now, are the are the trails groomed and, th- and ready to, for walking and things? Because it can be pretty daunting if you want to just walk in the snow if it's a, not a, a trail that's already broken. Yeah, the the thing that we have here is that our trails aren't actually groomed. Um, oh, okay. In the southern region, there are two uh, designated winter parks that do provide grooming, and that is one of them is Flandro, and then the other one is Sibley uh, State Park over by uh, Wilmer. And uh, the other parks, you know, they're open, but there's no grooming. And so a lot of times it's just packed down. But I think the kind of neat thing is a lot of people are snowshoeing. So that really packs that trail down. So it makes it easy to walk and things like that. Are there marked trails or how do you know where to go or do you just go wherever? No, we there are marked trails. And in fact, when you come into the park, um, usually you'll find a bulletin board right away. There will be a map. Um, that'll show you, or else you can pick one up at the park office. And then when you're on the trail, it doesn't matter where you are, there are going to be at junctions where there's going to be a sign that says you are here, and it actually shows you in relationship to the trail and the state park where you're at. We've actually upgraded a lot of that in the last five years, and it's made a huge difference. Let's say I don't own my own snowshoes or my own cross-country skis. Is there anything provided for the parks, or do you pretty much have to be on your own for that? Yeah, right now, just because of everything uh, going on, uh, most places aren't renting at state parks. Usually, okay. you know, like we have snowshoes here, Flandro has snowshoes and cross-country skis, but I would imagine you would be able to, I, I know Vent River had snowshoes, so that might be a possibility, Okay. or if you contact Shields or something like that. Good information. As far as the parks down here in southern Minnesota, what are some of the features that you point out to people and reasons why to go there? You've you've mentioned a couple, and of course, Miniopa has the waterfalls and the bison. What are some other peak ideas or or things that you would recommend people know about to see that they probably just have no idea that they exist? Well, like with the Nurse Strand Big Woods, 
they, besides they have this, uh, well, they call the hidden waterfalls, even though there's a trail that goes right down to it. But in the spring of the year, they have some of the more unique wildflowers that you might not find in other areas. Oh, So that's kind of a cool place. Uh, Fort Ridgely, they have horseback riding trails. Flandreau State Park, um, you know, Cottonwood River flows through there. And so that's kind of provides a nice background uh, to where you're at. And a lot of the things that I talk about with this program is actually some of the history of these state parks and places like that. If you're going to visit, you need a park sticker, is that right? Or what? what is it to get into all the state parks? Yeah, it's $7 per uh, vehicle for a daily, uh, 35 for an annual. When you come into a state park, um, they have places where you can just self-register. Most offices aren't open, and that's pretty typical this year or this time of year you know sometimes you'll be able to find them open on weekends but usually during the weekend week they're not you can also order them online and then there's an app now um, that you can just download um, that will pay for the the fee uh, right off your iphone scott how long have you been involved as a park dnr person yeah i started here in early may of 2012 I'm actually going on into my ninth year. Before that, I worked at the Water Resource Center, and before that, I worked as a park ranger in North Dakota. Oh, well, hot. when you say here, what is your, is it a territory, or what is here in, included? Yeah, so I'm an area naturalist, which means that I actually cover three state parks, Minneopa, Fort Ridgely, Flandreau, mm-hmm. based at Minneopa, and then also on the water trails, like the Minnesota River, the Booth River, that's what's one of the primary reasons for my job was to get more people out paddling on these rivers here in Minnesota. And then I do community programs anywhere from Wasika all the way to the Redwood Falls, down the Blue Earth, up to Henderson. So I have a pretty big, wide range. How big is the paddling nowadays? You mentioned that's something you were encouraged to get happening. How, how much does that happen and where does that happen? Yeah, um, we do lead paddles. Um, Hopefully uh, this summer we'll be back doing that. And, uh, yeah, there's been definitely an increase, and I would expect uh, that we will see that continue. Um, We actually have a program that's statewide called I Can Paddle, and uh, they do programming through the DNR um, all over the state. So, you know, there are places, Bent River here would also be a place um, if you're interested in uh, doing some paddling later on when it gets warmer. What is the advantage? What do you see when you paddle versus just walking through a park? Can you can you describe that? I've never done that, so I'm interested. Yeah, what you're going to see is something that most people don't see. And I guess the thing that I always love about paddling, you can paddle the same stretch and you always notice something different. And, and really, you know, if you're the water's flowing at a fairly good rate, um, there's not too much effort. You can just allow uh, the current to take you. And, you know, you might see some wildlife that you don't see because um, if you're not making a lot of noise, you know, you can see anywhere from kingfishers to great blue herons. Um, you know, we've seen white-tailed deer, uh, beaver, um, otters, all sorts of things that you probably wouldn't get a chance to see um, as you're walking around in the state park. What are some of the more interesting wildlife that you think people will be able to see by taking part in that or even just going to a state park that we might not otherwise see? Well, I think it's the birds, especially. Um, You know, here you might 
run across seeing a coyote. Um, you know, you might not be able to see that um, just in your neighborhood. Uh, you know, like we have uh, mink that are living down uh, along the Miniopa Creek. We have beaver in some of our state parks. And, um, you know, we just, you don't get a chance normally to see that if it's you're just in your neighborhood or your city park. Scott, have you been to every state park in the state? There's some 75, so I'm just curious if you as a naturalist have been there yet. No, I have not. Um, in fact, there's one state park um, that's up northern Minnesota where you either have to take a boat or in the winter you have to walk across the ice. So um, that one that probably will be off my radar for a while here. But uh, where no, is that? I haven't. I, I, that is um, right. I can't think of uh, the exact location, but it's up in um, the north central part of the state. Okay. And um, so it's that's one of the one of the state parks I actually talk about just because it's so unique. But I probably visited half, maybe a little over half. All right. I've moved to Minnesota. Based on that experience, what are your three top Minnesota state parks that, for whatever reason, you say you gotta gotta go? Well, you know, it would always be Miniopa, um, just because uh, this is where I work and stuff, and we just got so much going on. But the other one that everybody should visit at least once in their lifetime is Atasca. You know, that is our crown jewel, 30,000-plus acres. It was our first state park. Um, after that, I don't know if I have, you know, another favorite one, Flandreau and Fort Ridgely. I spent a lot of time and enjoy uh, both of those state parks. Sibley is a really uh, nice uh, state park over by Wilmer that um, I've explored a number of times and really have enjoyed. Do you have any other programs you're working on currently? I know you do a lot of educating, including this one coming up on Tuesday, January 12th. Is there other things you have on the on the pike coming down that you uh, want to talk about? Um, the one that I'm going to be doing actually on Thursday at 2 o'clock is one on bats, and I'm doing that for Vine. This this coming up Thursday. So oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, so let's yep. talk about that. So the bats. What? How can people become involved to learn more about bats, and what can they learn about? Yeah, so I, you just need to go to Vine uh, to register. And um, what I'm just talking about with the bats is just how valuable of an animal they are and trying to dispel some of the myths that surround them. Um, you know, the big one is, of course, uh, sucking your blood or... Mm. things like that, and uh, just talking about some of the hard times that have hit our bats because of the white nose syndrome. So just to give you a idea of um, some maybe some of the more interesting characteristics that you don't know uh, about bats, doing it in a fun way. Are there a lot of bats around here, by the way? I know a lot of people are scared of them for whatever reason, but are there quite a few? Yeah, I would imagine, you know, where we've seen the, the hardest hit with the white nose syndrome is the ones that um, live in caves. Mm. Um, and so we've seen it at Mystery Cave and in Sudan Cave uh, farther north. Um, but a lot of bats, you know, are living in, um, you know, bat houses and things that have been put up in state parks. I don't know if we know truly the number. Um, we just haven't done count to tell us um, exactly how many bats um, they're around. So I assume if you want to see the bat program that's being sponsored by Vine, you have to go online for that as well. Yep, yep. So I would just contact Vine and they would be able to set you up. And that'll be tomorrow at what time then? 
2, two o'clock. 2 p.m. Thursday? Yep. Okay, so go to Vine, and they'll have a link to that. And then coming up on Tuesday, January 12th, is the program Exploring Minnesota State Park. So lots of things going on in your world, yep. it sounds like, and it's always changing. And any idea if things are going to get back to, to normal, per se, anytime well, soon? I heard the governor's easing some of the restrictions, and that's we'll find out after that. We'll be able to do um, in-person programming again. I would imagine if that's the case, it'll be limited at first. We're always a little behind the curveball. just takes us a little bit to get back and running. But I would imagine as numbers go down, we'll be uh, doing a lot more programming. Thank you very much for doing all the work you do, Scott.